and shalom. Welcome once again to prayer school. My name is Elder Alicia Halliburton, and I'm excited to be able to share with you once again in the area of prayer. There has been a lot of teaching going forth. So again, I just want to encourage you to go back, check out the other uh, teaching. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And we're going to continue talking about um, an area of prayer that is probably not taught on as popularly uh, as other types of prayer. So I'm excited uh, to be able to share in this area as the Holy Spirit and as uh, my pastor and my dad has uh, taught uh, in this area extensively. And he is getting ready to release a new book on prayer. So be sure to go to our website and go ahead and pre-order it. It is going to be impactful and it is definitely going to be a great addition to your library and to help you in your prayer life. So what we're going to be talking about, as I mentioned, is travailing prayer. And we started this conversation uh, last week in part one. And the main concept as it relates to uh, travailing prayer is the father, he, first of all, us being ambassadors of the kingdom, it is our duty to duplicate heaven on earth. So there is something that uh, the father has, as a matter of fact, each and every one of us has a unique, unique giftings, talents, abilities, assignments that he wants to see done in the earth. And the way that he does that is through our submission and obedience to his will. See, the father, he reigns in the kingdom of heaven, which is a place, right? And the kingdom of Elohim is his reign through us here on the earth. So we must be, again, submitted and obedient to his will in order to fulfill what it is he has called us to do. And one of the ways that this is done is through travailing prayer. So travailing prayer is really a process through which the father downloads or impregnates us with a specific assignment that he wants us to accomplish or to work together with other uh, believers to accomplish. And it is our duty to ensure that we are fervent in prayer, are focused in prayer until it manifests in the earth. So this is not for the weak of heart. This is not for those who uh, get tired. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm thinking about um, a flight of stairs. Uh, when I was uh, pregnant, man, I would go up a flight of stairs, and I was just I was just worn out. I was just tapped out. So I say that to say we must make sure that we've been in the gym, that we've been working out, that we are equipped, that we are fit, that we are prepared, because this is not for the weak. <laughs> This uh, travailing prayer, number one, you have to understand what the assignment is. You have to first become pregnant with the seed and have clear vision. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. So let's do just a very, very brief review. So travail, travailing prayer, the concept um, in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word yahal. 
And it's the concept of labor and delivery. And again, we, we touched on this and it's spelled Yud High Lamed. And so it is dealing with being authorized with power to bring forth what is hidden. So again, that's what we were talking about, how the father has endowed us with a specific task. We have been authorized with the power, with the ability to manifest something in the earth. Okay, so that is uh, that's the meaning of travail. And let's talk about the process. So the first step in the process is receiving the word, becoming impregnated with the word, the assignment and the seed of the father. Then we must speak the word that we received and then we pray until it is manifested. So travail requires us to be focused, us to have faith, and us to have fervency. All right, so that's our review. Um, now, travailing prayer also requires a focus on the eternal. So in uh, 2 Corinthians 4 and 16, it reads, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And what we want to pull out of that scripture is as it relates to travailing prayer, you can't be caught up in what you see on the outside and what you're able to see with your natural eyes. We must always be focused on eternal, on what never fails, on the uh, unfailing promises of Elohim, on the fact that his word never returns unto him void and that he is El and he does not change. So that being said, you know, the natural realm, there may be some things to oppose what the, um, what the, to oppose the word, but even in the case of opposition, we must still stand. We must stay persistent, stay focused. All right. So that is, um, that's one of the principles of travailing prayer is making sure that we are in faith. All right. So in order to travail in prayer, you must first become pregnant with the word. And, uh, so, and so we were talking about this, but you can't get pregnant with an IUD and what's an IUD. So an IUD is a form of birth control, right? That prevents pregnancy. It's the same thing. A spiritual IUD or ignorance, unbelief, and doubt is what those uh, the acronym stands for. Ignorance, unbelief, and doubt. When we have these things in our belief system, it is impossible for us to travail in prayer. It is impossible for us to, I mean, why are we praying anyway? And why are we coming to the father if we don't believe that he can answer our request? So as it relates to travailing prayer, we never pray to believe. It doesn't work that way. We first must believe and then we pray. And, and so, you know, that's a principle that I'm so thankful that I was taught because you have some people who um, try to confess things and, and convince themselves into believing and just, you know, thinking that the more that they confess it, that that is what is going to get it done. No, we must first believe in the word. And then as a result of us speaking what we believe, then we're able to get results. So the same is true as it relates to travailing prayer. 
Okay, so what we're going to look at now is uh, the word in Ibrahim 11, and it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please Elohim because anyone who come to him, who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So there it is. So if I have ignorance, unbelief, and doubt, I can't travail in prayer because I can't get pregnant. So the first thing we have to do is get rid of that. And the way that we get rid of, uh, of that is through consecration, right? So I'm thinking of the, the scripture that is commonly misinterpreted, whereas the disciples, they were trying to cast a demon out. And, uh, and Yeshua said, this kind does not come out except through prayer. Fasting is actually, if you, if you uh, have like a physical copy of the Bible, you'll notice that fasting is actually um, italicized, meaning it was not in the original manuscript. It was added in. However, he was not talking about the demon. He wasn't saying that the demon couldn't come out uh, because if that was, uh, yeah, he wasn't saying that um, the demon couldn't come out except by prayer. What it was, they had unbelief on the inside of them. And that is, uh, it is impossible for us to expect results when there is unbelief. See, faith and unbelief are like oil and water. They don't mix, right? So we must make sure that we rid ourselves of uh, of that unbelief so that we can receive and that we can travail in prayer and get those results. Or else, you know, you have some people who, um, Okay. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah. And we'll look here in Matthew. You have some people who will start a thing. They will uh, receive the assignment, be excited, be earnest um, in, in their prayer. And then they notice opposition in the natural. Then they notice uh, something that seems to um, oppose what it is the father instructed them. And so then they doubt then they turn back. Um, and actually that's exactly what happened with Kepha and Matthew when Yeshua, he was walking on the water, right? And um, let's look here in Matthew 14. It says, shortly before dawn, Yeshua went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. <laughs> Come on out of here, fear. It's a ghost, they said. And cried out in fear. But Yeshua immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Now, something I want to uh, want to point out here is that Yeshua had not yet gone through the process um, to um, gone through the process of dying on the cross. Uh, which allowed us to have restoration. And so um, at this time, the disciples, though they were with Yeshua, though they were learning and gleaning and and uh, connected to him, they did not, they were not impregnated with him. They had not yet been born again because that opportunity had not yet presented itself. And so, you know, it's interesting though, because now we have the opportunity and now we are able to be impregnated to where the father himself lives on the inside of us when we have been born again. So therefore I point that out to say, you know, um, the disciples, they couldn't identify with Yeshua because he wasn't in them, but we don't have that excuse, especially, you know, those of us who have been born again, I should say, don't have that excuse that 
we should be able to identify. We should know our daddy. We should know uh, who he is. We should know um, um, his works and, and be able to identify him. So anyway, getting back to this. So it says, so basically he had to reassure them. He said, don't be afraid. It's me. Is me, same me. <laughs> and so um, Kepha replied, Yahweh, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. See, again, that was, um, you know, him. He wanted proof, right? And so as believers, we should, um, <laughs> the fact that the father is in us should be proof enough, okay? So at any rate, Kepha replied, tell me to come to you on the water. And so what did Yeshua say? Come on. <laughs> then Kepha got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Yeshua. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Yahweh, save me. Now, something, you know, that, that stuck out to me was that, first of all, he did it. He was walking on water. You know, so Yeshua wasn't the only one who walked on water. Kepha also uh, was able to engage that law because really Yeshua, he was aware of law. See, it, it's not that he is some, um, you know, um, and how I, I say this with the utmost respect and honor of Yeshua. Um, it's not that he was some um, just, uh, I don't want to use that word, a, a mystery or, or, unique in the sense that he's the only one that can do it because anything that Yeshua did, we can also do when we understand and have knowledge of kingdom laws and precepts. So at any rate, um, so there, so, you know, cause a lot of people, they just focus on, oh, well, Jesus walked on water. Yeah, but he wasn't the only one. All right, let's keep going. So it says, um, immediately, what happened? He saw the wind. He saw the circumstance. So initially he had the faith, but, uh, or excuse me, initially he had the courage to step out because see faith uh, is either all or nothing. You either have it or you don't, right? But then he began to look in the natural. So bringing it back to travailing prayer uh, and, and even look at uh, down on verse uh, 31, it says, immediately Yeshua reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And so again, bringing it back to travailing prayer, there can be no doubt in us. There, there can be no doubt. There can be, you know, um, you either believe or you don't. You either are in full expectation or you're not. You're either pregnant or you ain't. Ain't no, you know, it's no in between. So we have to understand that. And, and last week we dealt with, um, in part, dealing with the law of expectation. And in order to stand in expectation of a thing, you have to know that it's coming. Just for, um, say, for example, uh, the bus right? Like no one, if someone is at the bus stop, it's because they know the bus is coming, right? So it's the same thing that when we go into travailing prayer, that we are in full expectation, that we're full of faith, full of confidence and knowing uh, that, knowing the expected end. All right. So let's look again at the, at principles. So, um, 
The other law that we dealt with on last week was the law of the seed, right? So that's what we're talking about, getting pregnant with the word, with the assignment, having clear vision of what it is the Father wants us to do through travailing prayer. So in Romeo 8 and 14, it reads, for those who are led by the spirit of Elohim are the children of Elohim. So there it is right there. How do we know? <laughs> How do you know? Um who the children of Elohim are, who, who has received the seed of Elohim, it says that we're led by the spirit of Elohim. It's the same thing, you know, when, um, when a baby is born, right? And, and actually, scientifically, that child should look like the dad. Because that is what the law of DNA requires is that it takes on the appearance and the uh, the likeness of the father. So it's the same thing with us as believers that we should resemble Elohim, that we should also uh, be light. We should also, so people should be able to look at our lifestyle and look at us and see the father. So um, verse 15, it says, the spirit you received does not make you slave so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. So here again, we're talking about the law of the seed. And by him, we cry, Ab, father. So Ab, uh, the Hebrew word for father is Olivet. Okay, the first and the um, second letter of the Hebrew alphabet and olive is dealing with what is strong, what is first. And then bet is dealing with uh, what's inside, what's inside of us. So again, there it is, that law of the seed, that the father living inside of us, him duplicating himself in us, that is how we are able to get things done in the earth. So travailing prayer is actually very important and we should be engaging in travailing prayer uh, way more often than um you may think simply because it is a way to ensure that we are duplicating heaven on earth. So verse 16, it says, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are Elohim's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. We are able to inherit. So it says heirs of Elohim and co-heirs with the Messiah. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I want to continue reading, skipping down to uh, verse 18 of Romeo. And it reads, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of Elohim to be revealed. So there it is again, the law of expectation. When I am in travailing prayer, I am eager. I am excited about the father's will being done on the earth. And so this is also why it's important for us to um, pray in the spirit or pray in the, the language of fire or, or um, yeah, pray in our language of fire. And so oftentimes when I'm travailing in prayer or when I'm, I'm praying in the spirit, I notice when there's a shift and it's as if, um, you know, there have been times where I'm just like groaning or moaning. And then uh, at times I'll begin to then speak in the natural. And I know that that is the Holy Spirit uh, revealing in the natural what I'm praying in the spirit. 
So um, the spirit of travailing, or excuse me, travailing prayer and praying in the Holy Spirit go hand in hand. So we must be filled and must have our language of fire. And guess what? It's the same law that applies, you know, to travailing prayer that prays, uh, excuse me, that applies to praying in the spirit. You have to believe, right? Because you have some people who, um, due to ignorance, due to religious teaching, they reject the fact that um, they reject speaking in tongues. They think it's weird or think it's, you know, whatever. And we should never as believers, man, a believer who understands um, the power, who understands the power in knowing and being able to speak the language of heaven on earth, we're excited about that. In fact, you know, I there used to be a time where I would be ashamed to um, speak in public or things like that for fear of people being like, what's wrong with her? <laughs> but now, you know, if anything comes up, I could be in a grocery store and, you know, I don't do this to be religious because you also got some people. I remember someone stopped me in the grocery store and was speaking in tongues to me. And I'm like, your religious outfit. So anyways, um, it's not to be a show off or to be so holier than thou, holier than thou, but to be a conduit through which the father is able to reign in the earth. And we're able to speak the language of heaven. So anyway, so let's continue. So we're talking about the law of the seed, the law of expectation as it relates to travailing prayer. So in verse 22, it says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth. So there it is again. The pains of childbirth is talking about travailing prayer. So the whole creation, it says, has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. So what this is actually dealing with is that creation uh, before Yeshua was able to restore us and give us our rightful place as heirs uh, because of Adam who fell. So Yeshua, he is the last Adam. And so before that happened, all of creation was travailing, longing in expectation to be reconnected with the father. So it says not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. So now what it is saying, so at first, uh, all of creation was waiting for Yeshua to come. Even, and, and I was thinking about this and we're closing. I was thinking about how the enemy, even from, well, really before he came into the earth, he did everything he could to ensure that uh, Yeshua was killed right? Even with the king who tried to kill all of the babies. I mean, they tried to stone them. They tried to kill them. I mean, so many things happen in the natural, but yet spiritually, we already had the victory. And so when we're travailing in prayer, that's what we focus on. What is eternal? What is already established? Father, your word uh, is forever established of old. I give you praise. And so when we come to the father and as we're coming to him in prayer, we must come uh, with expectation and we must come um, with the ability to get pregnant with his word and to duplicate that in the earth. All right. So we are just out of time. Um, 
but let's let's end on on finishing this out because the Holy Spirit Himself travails for us and through us. So continuing reading, it says um, uh, in verse 26, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. So that is through travailing. So again, that's what I was referring to that, you know, at times in my personal prayer, as I'm praying in the spirit, uh, and I know that it is the Holy Spirit travailing and then uh, I may begin to speak in the natural. And, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for Elohim's people in accordance with the will of Elohim. All right. So in closing, in travailing prayer, we must stand in expectation until it manifests in the natural. Stick with the process and also realize it must be ordained and aligned with the word. Nothing can stop the power of travailing prayer. So I just want to encourage you to um, be obedient to the father, to seek his face and to allow his will to be accomplished in the earth through us and through our perfect prayer. See, praying in the spirit is a perfect prayer. All right. So with that said, I pray something that was said was um, a blessing. May Elohim add a blessing to the uh, reader, hearer, and doer of his word. And shalom.